Welcome everyone to the American Carpet Podcast, where we discuss all things carp related in the USA. Featuring anglers interviews, stories and monthly competitions with traditional US and Euro anglers, fly anglers and anyone who has a passion for this incredible fish, the carp, Cyprinus carpio. Much maligned and misunderstood and undoubtedly one of the finest sport fish to be targeted here in the USA. This is where we, the guilty ones, can meet. My name is Sean Manning of the American Carp Society and I'm grateful to be your host. Welcome everybody. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so already and please share with your friends on social media. The more the word gets out, the more we can do for this great fish here in the United States. Now today we have a very special guest on the show. He is the official American Carp Society fly guide for Oklahoma, Mr. Nate Sattarelli. And today we're going to talk about chasing carp on the fly. So welcome, Nate. Glad you could join me, bud. Thank you, Sean. Glad to be here and, and talk some carp with you guys. Yeah, we're going to talk some carpy, some some carpy things. So tell us a little about uh, you know about your journey because obviously being being here in the United States, you know, carp isn't the, the most popular sport fish, or at least that hasn't been. So tell me about your journey. How, how long have you been chasing carp for, and how did it actually start for you with the fly rod? Okay, yeah. Um, so, I mean, I kind of grew up fly fishing in Michigan. Um, I grew up on the West Coast uh, fishing for salmon, steelhead, bass, and it wasn't actually until about seven years ago or so when I started really getting into targeting and chasing carp uh, in Denver, Colorado. From that moment in time, it was like, man, it was like, it was eye-opening. It was one of the best experiences I've had on a fly rod, period. The, um, the, 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 it's, you know, them not being the species of, let's say, of choice. Most anglers start off with other species to start with. How did you, what did you start with um, targeting in terms of fly? Did you start with trout or that type of thing? Or did you actually, you know, come in into it on another species? Uh, so I would say I, I started really targeting carp in Denver, Colorado after uh, years of trout fishing. Um, and I would say the most influential kind of carp angler to me that really got me keyed in on carp was a, was a guy named Mike Medina. Okay. Um, the dude, dude was an awesome angler. Just, you know, he smashes fish and, and he's the kind of guy that he, he seen these, this fish, you know, years and years ago. And he's like, man, that's, that's huge. I want to catch it. I, I just can't do it. And, and, and that was his journey start. And, um, he, he kind of handed that off to me and, and it really kind of exploded my interest from there. Yeah. Now, before you started <laughs> on the fly, had you had you um, you know approached species with a traditional spinning rod and bass rod and that type of thing, or did you actually start on, on with a fly rod? Ah, uh, yeah. So I actually started with a fly rod. Wow, um, that's unusual. Very, <laughs> it is unusual, and I would say my traditional uh, fishing techniques is, is quite rare. And actually, moving out here to Oklahoma, I get a a lot of uh, hard times with my friends because I can't even cast like a bait cast or anything. So right. <laughs> fly, fly fishing my whole life and, and I still fly fish and, you know, I just love the sport and yeah. I get enough of it. It's usually the other way around, isn't it? It's like most of us start off with traditional fishing and they give us a fly rod and we're kind of whipping it around and that type of thing, not having any clue on how to actually do it. it it's, it's almost comical to think of an, an angler not being able to, you know, use a standard rod. But I suppose if you were, if you were raised with a, 
if you are race fishing for species on the fly, your watercraft skills are going to be quite different as well. Um, I would imagine then from from fly fishing and that type of thing. So, what part of Oklahoma are are you in now? Whereabouts in Oklahoma are you? So I'm kind of I'm in Oklahoma City, Edmond area. Okay. Um, so it's directly right in the middle of Oklahoma. Yep. Yeah, I know that area well. Now, um, are there many local waters up there that you can target them in? Are there lakes or rivers, or what do you target them in up there? So I, I mainly fish like central Oklahoma, uh, kind of the northern side and the, and the southern end of of Oklahoma City, um, specifically the bigger lakes and smaller ponds right now, kind of what what makes that so much easier is i mean i have a boat i can go cover a lot more ground um and, and typically the rivers out here are a little murky yeah so it makes things an opportunity and, and finding that opportunity of feeding fish a little bit more difficult so i try to stay now if i'm on the east side of oklahoma man the buffalo and, and clear water just kind of really clears up as the further east you go okay and that's actually what i was going to ask you you know because if if you're if you're fishing for another species you know in lakes or rivers with in, in a traditional manner you can fish in in any depth of water but obviously if you're if you're fly fishing for them um you you you're i'm presume you're going to be sight casting for them you're going to cast at fish where there are visible signs of the fish actually feeding you you, you know not like a, a european angler who can um bait a swim and hope that the fish sort of come in very rare i've never heard of a fly angler just you know chucking a naked fly at, at nothing so um and and correct me if i'm wrong there so do you have to have lakes where you have obviously you've got flats and shallows then to to be able to to see them is that correct yeah that is correct and a lot of the times these carp um you'll see them well yeah on the flats up there or right next to the bank kind of like sucking on the edge of the bank and yeah um those two opportunities there on the fly uh, are the greatest chances for us to actually present the fly get it to eat and actually see that take right so um but thankful to have some of that up here yeah not as much as there are in, in other places but there are quite a bit of spots so it's right it's pretty nice now and how long have you been um how long have you been guiding for Nate? so my fly fishing journey started in in colorado and it was part of a program for our, our called project killing waters which really gets disabled veterans um the opportunity to fish uh, there's been you know, plenty of studies done that fly fishing, it's therapeutic in nature and, and being able to take these guys out, uh, to these fishing opportunities was kind of the spark of, uh, taking into those out to guiding, to, to giving people that fly fishing experience. Yeah. It was also the same time where we kind of took these guys out for carp fishing. Right. And, and it's a completely different, uh, aspect of, of therapy per se like carp on the carp on the fly you take you take fly fishing um you know you stand in the water you cast you're there you know you, you change your depths your levels you kind of find it but carp is much like i kind of say it's it's like the archery to the sport of hunting mm-hmm. or the precision long-range shooting to the sport of shooting right uh, you know right they both have ways to get it done but carp fishing and, and you know archery just take a little bit more fine-tuning 
some forethought and, and it's perfect for those guys to stay busy and, and, uh, kind of stay active and, and keeps them on edge. So yeah. for guys that are kind of like that, it's, it's perfect for, um, so I brought that over here to Oklahoma city from Denver, um, a few years back, uh, started the project Twin waters chapter, Oklahoma city and continued it up. And then here in the last year, we've opened up, uh, Native Waters Outfitters, um, which continues, you know, taking veterans out and guiding for, you know, all kinds of species, but, you know, a big one is, is carp. Wow. Now, when you go and you go guide and you take these veterans out, um, how many, how many at a time? Is it just one-on-one or do you get groups of them that you can do it with or? So I prefer one-on-one, um, mainly because the one-on-one, it really kind of, helps the angler understand yeah. what's going on. Um, I mean, as you know, like carps uh, is a very spooky fish and, and even the slightest movement in the weeds or the, or the bushes or even, you know, walking down to the water can really kind of have an effect and, and to really give that veteran the opportunity to kind of what's going on because carp fishing is so, so much different than regular fly fishing. Yeah. Um, it really helps key in on that aspect of, of carp and fly. Yeah. And they are, they are really, really spooky fish too. And every, every fly angler that I've spoken to that uh, targets carp on the fly, um, they have a very similar story um, because it's generally not the first fish that they target on the fly. And their stories are very similar. Whereas they initially um, thought it would be the same as approaching any other fish. And then they got humbled pretty quick because they're very, very spooky fish, aren't they? Oh yeah, no, most definitely. And I didn't really see that until, you know, like I said earlier when I I met Mike Medina. Um, So basically how my journey kind of began was right off the bat, Mike showed me or explained to me the kind of the differences, right? Um, You know, really spooky. He showed me the drag and drop method, Mm -hmm. you know, the car's behavioral patterns, the idea that less is more per se. Right. But it but basically gave me here's a full front of, of carp fishing. Take everything you knew about fly fishing, kinda of throw it throw out the window. window. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> throw it out the window. And, and let's just focus on this. And I'm sitting here like, oh, okay. Well what's this guy what's this guy talking about here? Mm-hmm. And and so, you know, Mike and I we met up at this local lake in Denver and you know, I get out of my car, start setting everything up and I think I had some like you know, modern carp flying, like carp crack or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so here I am at this lake and there's other anglers around and, you know, Mike Medina kind of walks up and, you know, he, he introduces himself and, and, you know, we kind of say hi, shake hands. And he looks at my, my rod and he's like, what is that? I was like, oh, it's a, it's a, a carp fly, you know, carp crack. He's like, you know, take that shit off and put this on. Right. And I was like, <laughs> what is this guy doing? And keep in mind, this is a weighted, egg fly mm-hmm. that he an, an unweighted uh egg fly that he called the egg of death right so you can only imagine what's kind of what's going through my head right now you know you know working with uh, uh project clean waters fishing for trout you know steelhead all of that throughout my entire life giving me this fly that just looks like two strands of thread with some like fly foam on it yeah and so I'm over here just floored, right? And then he takes a closer look even and says, oh, yeah, my daughter tied that. And I was like, oh, how old's your daughter? And he's like, yeah, she's she's 10. And I'm like, oh, great. Right. So so we turn around and we, we walk down and uh, 
uh, we start fishing for carp and keep in mind there's there's other guys fishing in the area too the, uh, Mike had the same setup that I did mm-hmm. uh, he, he cast it out there and then bam he, he nails a fish a decent sized carp and so now I'm completely confused everything that I've ever known about fly fishing is up in question here right but this dude just starts nailing fish um, and by a few minutes or so he kind of was keeps explaining the sport to me like over and over again. It's really taking me a long time to kind of grasp what's going on. So he takes me over to these, these kitty ponds <laughs> and uh, these kitty ponds are full of these tiny little baby carp. Mm-hmm. And, and that's when everything slowed down and came together. Right. Um, the cast, the, the line twitch. And, and from there it was the start of my addiction to carp on the fly yeah and it, 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 your story is very um it, it's very similar Nate to uh to many other fly anglers that I've spoken to um who in, initially get really get, get schooled by the fish and one of one of the things that the anglers always say is they realize that I mean with carp you, you get kind of one chance you, you you can't you know cast at the carp multiple times you get it you have to really, really pick your moment, um, and uh, because of how they eat, you really have to pick. I, I, I liken it to a quarterback throwing a a, a ball, and it has to. It's got to land in a certain, you know, in like four square feet type of thing. You only have a certain area. Um, I've heard from fly anglers with carp, and if you get it wrong, they're spooked and they're gone. And and you could have wait, waited hours to find that one fish, you know, if you're trekking across the bank and that type of thing. So, uh, yeah. And then when you do get hooked on it, you're you 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 can't really shake it, can you? <laughs> no, no. Like, and I would say, and yes, that is majority of of the way to fish and that drag and drop method there there there's another method too that's that's like the drag and drop that i've i've learned um from you know just doing some research and and watching scrolling through social media and that's a drag and drop with the two fly rig right um you know having a heavier fly on the bottom having a lighter fly on top doing your overcast of you know a few feet pulling the fly in letting it sink to the bottom after that bottom fly is anchored you have an opportunity to kind of lift that top fly up off the water and, and dance it in front of the fish. Right. Um, increasing that presentation time. But like you said, if that doesn't work or the drag and drop doesn't work or depending on the mood of the carp or, or what's going on, if he doesn't like it, he's out of there. And, and you know, all of his friends around him are out there too. And then another, you know, 30 minutes to yeah. four hours to find another one. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're very, um, I know they're, they're very spooky and they definitely make a fly angler, a, a better fly angler. I've read that over and over and over again as well. I was going to ask you, do you tie, um, do you tie your own flies at all? Cause I know some fly anglers really get into that and it can seem like it would be quite rewarding. Um, very, very detailed. Do you do any of that at all? Uh, so for me, I tie your typical like guide flies. I am not the best fly tire. Now, Larry, uh, a guide in NWO, dude's amazing at tying flies. Uh, but for me, um, I focus on small leeches, uh, just small, simple patterns. And, and for me, the less that I can uh, put on that fly, the better. And increase the better, yeah. right? 
So I think that if the carps want to take a flashy fly, in my opinion, it's going to take a, you know, an earthy tone or a, a black or dark brown green kind of fly and, and really narrow down my presentation to, you know, size and, and color. Right. Um, and what, what but, type of, you know, cause obviously they are a, um, they're quite a, you know, a, a, a hardy fish. What type of tackle are you using for them? What weight rod and that type of thing are you using? So I will say my, the best rod hands down. I mean, when you choose a fly rod for carp fishing, you should really choose the rod based on the fishing conditions and where you're located. Right. Um, my favorite fly rod, it doesn't do a lot of, of that, but it's a, it's a glass six weight rod. Um, Cause when that carp, hits that fly it's like one of the most exhilarating parts of, of fly fishing is watching that rod just bend and feeling every movement movement of that carp is just so much fun but the the downfall to that is is you lose a lot of control mm. if, if if you're in a, a sticky situation with a lot of brush or you're on the boat and uh, in some small canal and you really need to horse that fish, that six weight's not going to do it. No. Um, and, and with the glass too, um, that, and there is a lot of anglers that are starting to use that again. Um, I've heard oh. you, you're going to lose a little bit of the backbone there, aren't you? In the rod, if you're using the fiberglass. Yep. You're going to lose a little bit of that backbone and that definitely helps control the fish. It also helps, you know, get that longer cast in high winds. Yeah. Um, if you're fishing, you know, out here in Oklahoma, it's always windy. Yes. So it if is. it's a super windy day, <laughs> right. Yeah. If it's a super windy day, I just leave the glass at home and, you know, I'll bring a, a seven or eight weight rod. I would, I would imagine that, um, because of differences in, in, uh, in composite and, and that type of thing is, would it be that like a six weight glass is the equivalent to a, f like a, a five weight regular or that type of thing? Because they, they do have a lot more give in them. Does the, um, does the weight of the rod, does it, does it cross over equally between, um, different materials or not? Uh, I would say it totally depends on like the rod manufacturer right. um so i fish with an orvis super fine um super bendable rod uh it can cast pretty well but other rods like the epic or uh seem to have a little bit more of a backbone to it mm. um so it kind of depends there i think on the rod make um and the reddington butter is kind of another fly rod that's you know absolutely no backbone to it whatsoever um uh, in my opinion but Taking that glass six weight, mm. I would say the, the five weight rod it probably would have a little bit more backbone, right. at least in the modern rods that we fish today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been actually we've been working on um, a, a specific uh, carp fly rod. We've been working on it with um, great angler Gerald Lee, and um, I think that will probably be coming out this year. It's very hard. It's hard to 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 get that balance between because it all depends on the water that you're fishing, doesn't it? Because actually it's going to bring me to another question about, you know, Beaver Island in, in Michigan. Uh, oh, no. Because I mean, you, 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 you couldn't fish that with a six weight glass rod. Could you? <laughs> no, I mean, you could, if you got super lucky on the right day, yeah. you just dab that fly in front of his face. But I would say, yeah, that doesn't even get on the plane. Yeah. Yeah. And but, so what I wanted to do was actually find out, um, from you because I believe you fish Beaver Island, haven't you? Uh, 
Oh, yes. So this will be – I actually have a trip coming up this June, and for the past few years, I've been going up to Beaver Island chasing carp down and around that island uh, and its neighboring – or its sister islands, and uh, just – an absolute blast. Yeah, it's it's. Um, somebody turned me on to that a couple of years ago, and I looked it up online, and uh, I couldn't believe it. It was like you know, the, the tropic tropics somewhere, you know, clear blue water and everything. And I've heard those carp down there; they'll chase bait fish and everything, won't they? Oh, it's a completely different game. Uh, and you said it. It's you're in the middle of Lake Michigan. You have you know these these giant islands here next to you. You can you know see for miles across the water. You can see thirty plus feet down. It's just it's an absolutely incredible experience. And you see these just massive carp, just just you know swimming over these flats. And there could be one or two. There could be you know fifteen of them just yeah. kind of piling along and. Um, and if you get that cast right and, uh, you get that curious carp and you start stripping the fly line, that one will just exactly like the Caribbeans or, or a bonefish will just kind of come right up to it and, and nail your fly. It's, yeah. it's an incredible experience. Yeah. I've heard uh, anglers telling, telling me that they'll, you know, they'll chase it like a, like a shark chasing, you know, ch- chasing some chum type of thing. <laughs> yes. Um, and it looks, you know, the pictures, it looked like you, somebody be fishing in Belize or something like that. It looks absolutely stunning. I'll have to get down oh, there, at, at, you know, at some point, because I know that they're, uh, the carp, they are very aggressive. Um, and they, uh, you know, they do, they do get rather large and stuff, don't they? So what do you think is the hardest thing, you know, about targeting carp on the fly, as opposed to, let's say, you know, trout, cause you, you've caught, obviously you've caught other species and that type of thing outside of the mm. spookiness of the fish. Um, I, it, it what about locating them? Because if you're fishing for, obviously if you're fishing for trout or something like that, you're going to fish in water that's, that's clear because they're not going to live in really, really muddy water. So I would imagine that there's a visual aspect to it as well, isn't there? Oh, most definitely. And, and I would say carp has a lot more movement. There are a lot more moving pieces, a lot more variables that come into play mm. uh, when you're fishing for carp. Um, you're fishing in areas where, you know, when you're, when you're trout fishing, you're fishing in areas where you know they're going to be, you know, more than likely. Yeah. Um, and kind of what we talked about earlier is getting that mindset out of your head. It's <laughs> like, and going to the stocking and, you know, finding those carp and, and just really taking advantage of, you know, feeding windows and opportunities is probably, I would say the hardest part about, about carp fishing. Yeah. Now, do you have, um, are there many fly anglers? Uh, you know, many fly anglers up in Oklahoma, you know, where, where you are or? Uh, there's a few carp anglers, but I would say there's a, there's definitely not as many as there are, or I came from in Colorado. That's for sure. Yeah. And what about the non-carp <laughs> anglers up there that hear about you, you know, fly angler fishing for them? What, what kind of, you know, reactions are you getting? Do you still get the, you know, the age old anglers turning their nose up at them or have you seen any changes at all or? Oh, I mean, definitely. I think coming out to Oklahoma, it's a big hunting state. And uh, when you mention carp, you know, the eyebrows still go way up. Like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, why are you doing that? Or why are you putting it back? And um, there's guys that's been fly fishing for years that live out here, and they still don't understand the true nature of the sport, mm. um, which is unfortunate, which is actually... They're so you know, missing out, my- aren't they? I mean, from because every angler... 
whether you're a fly angler or, or you know, whether you you're approach them in another in another uh, method. When we when we start fishing, the reason why we all start fishing is usually um, or angling is the same. We're not doing it necessarily for you know we're not doing it for food or anything. Um, if you're an angler, if you're a fisherman, you might be, but you're doing it for the sport and you don't have any bias or prejudice when you're doing it and they're missing out on so much because that it will make them better anglers if they they try to target them wouldn't it oh most definitely and uh and that's actually like you know one of my goals and, and i think one of the things that you know all, all carp anglers that kind of have really brought to to america is you know how these species of carp are special and, and how it's so rewarding to to catch them traditionally and on the fly and um it's also a a great thing for the american carp society and, and why you know you guys exist why we're here and and the end goal is great and, and i just think it's getting better and, and more and more people there's more and more influence and there's going to be less and less people missing out on this great opportunity from the years to come in my opinion. yeah i think you're right I, because we've seen a great deal of change specifically over the last five years um, and with the advent of social media, fly anglers, fly anglers um, specifically have done a great job of documenting the catches uh, on Instagram and sharing those catches and that type of thing. And we're seeing a new generation of anglers coming into it that don't have the same, uh, you know, young young anglers coming into it. Um, they don't. It's cool. They don't have the same prejudice as a grandfather. <laughs> it's a cool thing, you know, because they're harder to catch and that type of thing. And I always. I always, um, I always think, you know, for those anglers that raise their eyebrows, um, you know, uh, a challenge of, you know, catching one within within an hour and giving them fifty bucks if they can actually do it, it would it would really humble an awful lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what are your what are your thoughts on um, on social media and the impact that it's had on fishing in general and also in, in on the species itself and carp itself. Oh man, I think social media has really skyrocketed fly fishing. I think it's done both for actually both industries, both fishing and fly fishing. Um, especially in fly fishing, I would say growing up, there was this you know dry fly mentality. There's a certain way to kind of you know like how you're supposed to approach fly fishing in general. Yeah. Um, and and kind of growing up with that mentality, um, and then seeing all these guys on social media and, you know, seeing, uh, Dan Frazier or mm. John Barlett and yeah. all these guys kind of really kind of break the barriers there and, and seeing some of these guys that's been, you know, have been fly fishing for years yep. and see this on your feed in social media. And then you're just kind of hooked. You're like, I got to do this. Yeah. And this fish is 20, 30 pounds and it's right in my backyard. So, yeah, I think that's it, the thing. It, They're it, so accessible, aren't they? I mean, I was, I was having a conversation with a another angler that goes um you know fishing for bonefish and permit and that type of thing and you know he was he was saying i mean the great thing about uh the great thing about carp is when they're when they if you do fish for trout you know there's certain times of the year where you don't fish for trout and the times of the year where you don't fish for trout are the best times that you can fish for carp and it'll you know be like uh freshwater bonefish in your backyard type of thing so it's definitely growing we're seeing a lot of anglers getting involved in it um we're trying to do as much as we can obviously to put the word out there and to and uh, to promote it because uh it's a it's a great loss for an angler in any country that doesn't you know 
that, that that doesn't understand the opportunity that is that is there and it's one of those things where if you have that understanding yourself you kind of want to go up to somebody else and slap them across the head and say wake up you know <laughs> look at the, what you're That's missing right. for the love of god man you know um oh. and and usually a lot and a lot of them too even the, the most diehard ones um once they actually get hooked then it all kind of fades away you know um but it's just getting them over that over that threshold and you know initially are there any are there any venues in the usa that you haven't fished yet nate that you'd like to target um i would say i mean one of like my most recent uh um places i've wanted to fish is kind of the chicago area uh, i see a lot of carp anglers pull out some some really nice fish mm. it's somewhat closer to to Michigan's uh, when I go back there from time to time, but the Chicago area um, and a little bit more towards the northern end of, uh, of America on that. But um, I would say those are probably my, my go-tos that I have in the next on my bucket list coming up. Yeah, yeah. And and is there anything else that we as an organization that could do, um, you know, that you could think of to help, obviously, with the promotion of the sport outside of what we're doing already? Is there anything else you can think of? I would just say, I mean, just keep preaching the good word and, you know, keep being a good organization and, you know, just spreading uh, um, how carp can benefit the angler and and give carp the, rep- uh, the representation they deserve. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we will. I tell you what, next time you go down to, um, you going to Beaver Island, you said this year. Uh, yes, sir. I'll be there here in a june in the middle of june awesome um i want to coordinate with you on that because i want to get some i'd love to get some pictures uh down there of you fishing down there in those in those clear waters that would be wonderful to share with members and that type of thing oh of course would would love to and we'll definitely send you over everything i have that that would be uh that would be awesome well that's about all we have time for today i'd like to thank our guest nate satarelli for all of his help and time with this um if any of you have questions for Nate. Nate, what's the best way for somebody to get hold of you? Hey, yeah, send me an email, uh, nate at nativewatersoutfitters.com and feel free to hit me up on social media or uh, Facebook or Instagram. Awesome. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll be back here same time, same place two weeks from now, so don't forget to join us. You can reach out to us here at the American Carp Society through Facebook and Instagram, Pinterest, and Twitter. Tag us with your captures with hashtag American Carp Society and hashtag join the guilty ones, and we will feature you on the feed. You can contact me directly with any questions at sean at americancarpsociety.com. Be lucky. <laughs>